Welcome to At the Point of a Knife. I'm your host, Eric Navaretti. Each episode, I'll sit down with the writers, producers, directors behind the modern era of horror and explore their inspirations, setbacks, and what it really takes to make your favorite films. For today's interview, I spoke with writer, comedian, actress, Susan Burke via Skype. Her 2012 debut feature film, Smashed won a special jury prize at Sundance. Earlier this year, she wrote and co-starred in one of the segments from the horror anthology Southbound. From drama to horror, stand-up to acting, I really feel like there's nothing Susan can't do. Why don't we listen to some of the trailer? Well, this next one is for all you lost souls. All you sinners racing down that long road to redemption, but heading straight into that pit of darkness up ahead. We're all on the same endless highway. Ugh, close me in a flat. Why don't you come to our place? Guys, we have got to go. I'm not going anywhere. Well, they're gonna try to stop you. But you gotta keep moving. just trying to find our way home. That's life, right? Hello. Hi, how are you doing, Susan? I'm doing well, how are you? Doing great. So, Susan, first off, I, I wanted to know just a little bit more about you. You've been a writer for some time now. How did you get started in that field? Um, sort of, uh accidentally i guess um i sort of started out acting and um and doing like improv comedy and stuff like that and from that i started doing stand-up which i realized i like as far as comedy goes i like doing stand-up a lot more than, than improv comedy mostly because i think it's more enjoyable to watch um and also because yeah. like it's just easier it's it's portable um i don't have to like rely on other people to be at a certain place or anything and because i i got to just talk about stuff and like sort of from there i realized that i just i really like writing and that i didn't always necessarily want to write stuff that's you know funny or observational or first person and uh i had written you know, like, I've always really enjoyed writing, like, ever since I was a kid and wrote stories and stuff like that, but never fancied myself a writer or thought that would be something I would do for a career. But, yeah, I think kind of from, and also from, like, putting on, like, sketch comedy shows, I kind of wrote, you know, sketches and enjoyed that and then wrote, like, some weird plays and stuff like that and realized, like, oh, I this is probably my, my favorite of all the things that I do. So you, you were approaching it originally. Um, you were writing material for yourself to perform. Yeah. Has that, has that changed much since then? Or are you still pursuing acting as well as writing? Or have you shifted your focus to, to one or the other more? Um, yeah, I mean, I still act here and there. I mean, like, you know, I do uh, commercials and stuff sometimes. Um and, uh, like, I'm actually, I'm in Southbound. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I think acting's really fun, but the whole, I mean, well, we'll say with any aspect of the industry, the the sort of business end of it really sucks. And mm. I think 
And I think the business end of writing sucks, but the business end of acting sucks even worse. And having to, like, market yourself as a brand and, and stuff like that, which, I mean, which I suppose you should do with writing, too. But I just, uh, and with stand-up, of course, but I just really don't like that type of thing or, or focusing on, you know, like, what's your look, uh, what mm. what's your type, like, that that type of stuff, especially, I don't know, like, I think especially being a woman, that's, that's really frustrating. So, I mean, I do, I, I like acting, it's great, it's really fun, but I think writing is something I enjoy more, and it's something I feel like I, I'll, I'll always do, and not just do for fun or here and there. As far as the writing goes, I mean, I, I've, I've seen Smashed, and I think it's, I think it's really amazing, and it's, it feels like a very honest, very sincere piece of work. I'm wondering if if you if you feel a level of fulfillment from seeing like something like that produced in, compared to, I guess, some of the other projects that you were working on. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that that must be a completely different feeling, right? For for sure, yeah. And, and thank you um, uh, for for enjoying it. And, and yeah, I mean, definitely, I feel like at, at this point in my life or career, Smash is what. I'm most proud of, and that was, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sober myself, so uh, making something about a young woman getting sober was, was very close to me. And when, when James, who I who I wrote it with and who directed it, um, when he first like approached me with the idea, that was something that I totally didn't want to do because I felt that so many movies have gotten that wrong, and right. um, and I didn't, you know, want to have my name on another uh, shitty sobriety movie where it just doesn't actually feel real to people that have been through it but i don't know i'm, I'm really happy with the the final product and mary and aaron are really amazing actors so i you know owe a lot to them to their commitment to the characters and especially mary like they had a lot of like really long conversations and she was very respectful about approaching it and uh, yeah so and that's that's something that you know obviously like southbound um <laughs> i don't think if that has an impact on on people's lives i, I don't know if it, it would necessarily be a positive one um so mm -hmm. it's it's very different but i have a lot of different interests so i right. think yeah you know like it's it's fun to make stuff that's just fun and it's fun to make stuff that and then and not like smashed as like an important movie or anything like that i, I you know, it's 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 entertainment, but you know, maybe if people can connect to it. Going back to what you're saying, I mean, there there have been a lot of movies that I think have touched touched base on that subject, and that maybe approach it kind of flippantly, or that it's there's an easy solution to it. What I enjoyed about Smashed was actually that she wasn't done with her journey by the end of the movie. It's just that that's where I think the story took her by that point. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm wondering, what did James have to talk to you about to convince you that this could be something other than, you know, another trite movie about, about dealing with, with alcohol addiction? I think he and I just had a lot of conversations um, before we ever sat down um, and actually wrote it. And, and there's a certain requirements for, for me um, I just knew you know I didn't want something where the characters were black and white or you know where someone's like a bad person when they're drinking and then they get sober and they're a good person or something with like you know religious overtones or something that's melodramatic or you know, overly emotional something you know that manipulative um, like I feel like there's a lot of movies that deal with that subject matter that are 
that are really emotionally manipulative. And, um, and then, you know, you might cry a lot when you're watching it and then later be like, wait, what, what? That's so stupid. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and I think having it be, uh, a woman and really I, I was like, well, in, in this situation I can, you know, I feel like I can only like write about the experience of like getting sober relatively young and as a, as a woman, cause I think that's a very different experience than, than getting sober either older or as a, as a man, because mm-hmm. the way that, you know, people view females with alcoholism is I think really different than the way people view men with alcoholism. So yes, there's no like one, like there, there wasn't any like magical conversation that <laughs> made me realize like, Oh, this is something I want to do. But we just sort of talked about it and talked about the characters. And then when we wrote it, it, it was really really fast and you know we had an outline and then it was just basically like i you know would write the and he would write for charlie and then oh wow okay and then it turned into you know we both wrote uh both characters but uh, and and the movie you know it eventually did it it changed from from our original script there were notes that were addressed and it was like characters were were changed you know from several people to to one person because of budgets and (laughs) stuff like that oh really okay yeah but i feel like it was basically pretty close to the initial idea and even the location scout did a Mm. really good job house was actually like sort of how i envisioned their house when i was writing which was kind of (laughs) crazy because i had nothing to do with the locations um but like when i you know arrived on set to to see where they're shooting was like oh my god this is perfect so i feel like a lot of uh, components came together and and, and, and worked at least in, in, for me they were. Uh, how, how did you first connect with James? Um, it seems like you guys had like a really excellent rapport as far as the the writing process, and then he ended up directing it. How did that connection come about? Oh well, he and I have been friends for a long time, and we're just met through mutual friends, and we've done like little projects together. Like he had directed some like, internet stuff for for me and like for you know different like sketch groups and stuff that I was in you know at the time he was looking for his next project and I was free so um (laughs) yeah so so we wrote it and he was actually living in Virginia at the time that we wrote it so there's a lot of like long phone conversations and like I would drive him to the airport and stuff when he's back and forth and and Uh talk about it then while you're uh, stuck in hour-long traffic yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah he and I have been friends and um we actually were coincidentally on the same flight coming back from Utah once, and I had just gone to uh, take a friend who was in rehab there for car, and he was coming back from the Sundance Institute. So we were there with, like, really different um, reasons. And so I, I ended up, you know, kind of talking to him about my experience with, uh, with alcoholism and with getting sober. And I think that that, that trip sort of, like... And that happened really early in our friendship. Like, we had just recently met. Hmm. And so I think that, you know, that we kind of started off having really honest conversations. Um, kind of made it really easy to to work on a project like that together. And he's also just a very nice, very cool guy. So going from that to Southbound, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier it's a, it's a very, very different sort of project. Obviously, you have, you have many, many interests, and uh, you can write many things, but uh, how, how did you get involved in that project coming from coming from this one? 
you know, I mean, and there's obviously like different stuff in between that I'm, you know, that will hopefully get produced in uh-huh. different scripts. Like other than that, that I think are more, more bridges between the two, um, mm-hmm. uh, genre wise. But I, I've always been a big horror fan. Um, some of my favorite movies are, are horror movies. So I'm, I have a lot of friends that, that make horror movies and that act in horror movies and, mm-hmm. I sort of through that, like, uh, Roxanne Benjamin, she and I did this segment together. Um, she directed it and she is a producer. This was the first time she directed. She produced the, v- the VHS movies and, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of, a bunch of really great genre movies. Um, a lot of, uh, Adam Wingard and, uh, Simon Barrett stuff. Wingard did, uh, your next most yes, recently, right? Your next. Yes. So, and, and I talked to them about like maybe working on like a VHS segment and that, just didn't come together and then um Roxanne approached me about this one and I feel like it's more I mean it's it's a it's definitely a horror movie but mm-hmm. it's the kind of horror movie that that I like like it's not a, a super gross out like uh super violent movie there's really violent parts but I, I feel like everyone that worked on it they were all really smart and and had really cool ideas too so we wrote our individual pieces individually but Mm -hmm. we came up with the whole mythology of where the movie takes place um together sort of like a tv writer's room and um interesting yeah and that that it was a really cool way to work on that and then i think you know we're on each other's sets quite a bit i think me way less so because i was you know writer and, and an actor in it but a lot of you know the the different teams were like working on on other on other teams shorts so it felt like i mean to me it it felt like it it flowed together really organically and then it wasn't just like a bunch of shorts sort of smashed together in an anthology and and that writing process was a really like interesting thing too because i i like working with other people and i also like working by myself so it was an exciting kind of challenge to be with that many different writers in a room and everyone got along so that was great Can you go into a little more detail? Because I've seen Southbound, and one of the things that I really like about it, and that's really fascinating, is that it's it's kind of got like a chicken and the egg sort of feeling to it, where the ending feeds back into the beginning. There's a lot of loops that are going on. When you were first developing your story, I mean, did you guys create that mythology first for for the location, or was that... Yeah, yeah. Um, some of them, um, the guys in Radio Silence, who they... The, the first and last segment, which is kind of one piece, but um, the intro and outro, um, they had kind of come up with the idea after being in this town called Lone Pine, which we actually didn't shoot in Lone Pine, but they thought about like, oh, like doing this like desert horror movie and doing an anthology that all took place there. Um, they had mm-hmm. worked on VHS and right. wanted to do something that was a little bit more um, like Twilight Zone-y mm-hmm. than than a lot of the the stuff they'd worked on um or or that you know a lot of our is doing right now mm-hmm. so so they kind of they had the idea and then i think i think they approached roxanne to produce and then she sort of put together the teams and then i was really happy that she had me right and it was cool to because we're like the female team and our piece is like primarily women in the right. cast which felt really cool and and i felt really proud to have worked on 
the one horror anthology that doesn't have any uh, female nudity. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. <laughs> yeah, or I think any like uh, you know sexual exploitation at all. So mm-hmm. I, I was very happy about that. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that that is a uh, no no small feat. Now that you yeah. mentioned that. The only, actually, the only thing that comes close to nudity is in ours. Um, <laughs> so that would have been my, my fault. <laughs> okay, so here's one of the things that I find most unsettling about Southbound, and, and I think part of the reason why it's stuck in my head so much is that there's so much like backstory and character work that is hinted at but that is never explicitly stated. So it's like you as the audience member are, are trying to fill in those details because nobody on screen like officially says it. I'm just wondering if that was a deliberate choice that you all took in the writer's room. Where does that come from? Because it's a pretty bold decision, I think. Audiences are, are expecting everything kind of laid out these days. Yeah, and and that definitely was a, was a choice that we made to not say i mean i I think it's fun for people to have their own theories about like sort of you know what this place is and that if we were to just say like you know i mean i think in our in our minds um we all sort of agreed that it was a a sort of like purgatory Mm -hmm. you know maybe maybe hell maybe the gate to hell or like Mm -hmm. but i kind of imagine it more as like a purgatory more as a place where people are because they're punished but not everyone who's there has done, you know, as terrible things as other people there. And, and you're not really sure what everyone's done to <laughs> to deserve yeah. being there either. Um, and we wanted to keep that ambiguous to to let, you know, like maybe, and if someone were to say like, well, this doesn't seem like purgatory to me. It seems like, you know, another dimension. I, I would say like, sure, like that's what it is. You know, sure. like I, I think everyone's own like belief system it can be you know whatever you want and and just like and maybe not put that much thought into it either like it's just a kind of like a twilight zone type place Mm -hmm. like these people ended up on this road and you know we did think about it that like maybe the longer you go in the in the story like the further south they're going and like because i think it does get you know more dramatic the the kind of deeper you go Mm -hmm. and i was glad to have ours be earlier on and to take mm. place in the daytime and to be a little more like i mean i think of, of our pieces is more like a comedy than a than a horror like it's it's i guess it's scary but mm-hmm. it's also just really weird mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what i like about that like you know uh, I, I mean i i don't know it, do, it doesn't scare me but right. but maybe it scares somebody else it's just so wonderful to have some company. I'm sorry about Alex. I mean, the like the nuclear family that shows up and, you know, they're all smiles and like, hey, come back to our house for dinner. I mean, that plays for laughs a little bit, but you also know, like, they're up to no good when, when they first show up. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. To me, like, it was just like it would be fun to do almost like a like a John Watersy type, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> scenario and yeah. like. And I'd known Max and Nick uh, Folkman, who are who are those twins in the movie. They're not actors usually. They they design video games, um, oh, but wow. they're super cool. They're really awesome in it and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and funny and great. There's not a lot of specificity with your female lead and the betrayal that the other people in her band feel. There's a friend that's no longer there. 
but it, it feels like maybe they blame her for whatever happened. That was a really unsettling detail, and maybe she's not even that bad to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I didn't think of um, of any of the, of the characters as bad at all um, mm-hmm. in the band. Like, I mean, to me, it's more the guilt that she feels, you know, that there was a, a fourth member of their band that, mm-hmm. that died, and it's sort of, it's it's talked about, but nothing is explicitly said that, like, she let her let her leave a party or let her leave somewhere and then mm-hmm. and then she died that night and um i kind of assumed she was hit by a car there's like the kind of dream and and flashbacks that they're right, right. very quick that kind of hinted that but and she also meets the same fate at the end of it so if, if we're talking about like a purgatorial sort right. of place exactly. then, yeah. yeah yeah you know i don't to me too this could just be like a dream or like just the projection that you mm-hmm. put out there like when you feel really guilty about something and feel like this is what i deserve you know so yeah i mean i certainly don't i mean it was kind of like fun to be like these are like moral tales but also like you know in, in the next segment um david Bruckner's segment like the the main guy he tries to do the right thing <laughs> and it's like why does he have this like total mm-hmm. you know this awful awful experience oh my god it's so grueling that next segment it's so grueling and it's just it's sad you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know if it's not like i think there's also like some some pretty dark humor in his too which yes <laughs> which cuts it you know and, and makes it not uh, not super sad which is how i i think i maybe i'm not a, a great horror fan because a lot of times i'm like oh that's just sad like i think like the exorcist is like such a great movie Mm-hmm. But I think it plays as, like, that's yeah, a really sad drama. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> the Shining, too, you know? Like, that's just that, that poor family. Maybe that, that could take some of the fun out of it, so I'm glad that, that there's humor um, mm. in his, too. But uh, I certainly don't think anyone um, in Southbound deserves to be where they are. Mm-hmm. So So hopefully it's not real. For your piece, were you originally intended to be in it? Was that just something that, that you asked for? Or how did you wind up starring or co-starring in it, I guess? No, I mean, that was more a budget thing. And okay. uh, it was great because we ended up getting to cast a lot of friends um, mm-hmm. in, in the whole project. And um, I sort of knew that I wanted, that both Roxanne and I wanted um, Davy Johnson, who, who plays my husband's to be in this and then like as you know when we had a draft it was like oh like maybe i could just play betty and davy and i have done a lot of comedy together we've been friends for a very long time and um so it was just like that'd be really fun to to work with him and then um dana gould who's like a really good friend like he was the sort of you know one of the other cult members um or family or yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) or or nice people so that was really cool to just pull from friends and my husband's also in it Um, he's in he's in uh patrick harvis uh segment so it was really cool to and he plays such a badass in it too um yeah (laughs) like compared you know i'm I'm mostly used to seeing him in uh, in orange is the new black and you know he's like a lovable slacker for the most part in that one and uh, seeing him in, in that piece in uh, Southbound, I was like, oh, man, this guy is so hard right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he had fun um, playing, a, playing a different type of character, for sure. Um, I guess that explains why the, the chemistry was so good between you and your, your on-screen husband, because you previously worked together. It was just a really well-cast group of people for that short. Thank you. Yeah, it worked out really well. And also Fabian, who who plays Sadie, the sort of the lead, she had audition for it. 
And then Natalie, who is uh, the the blonde-haired band member, Mm -hmm. was one of her really good friends, and she recommended Natalie. So they had really good chemistry. And then um, Hannah uh, had had met with one of the producers before, and he suggested her, and she was just awesome. And um, they all got along together really well. And then we we all got along on set really well. And and that was, like, the funnest set I've ever been on, for sure. because everyone was cool, like mm-hmm. the makeup people were cool, the wardrobe people were cool, like everybody was, you know, really, in, and especially for a horror movie, yeah, everyone was really like lighthearted and silly and fun, <laughs> um, which I guess some of the other segments didn't go that way. Um, oh, really? Hmm. Fabi's also in, and in, in David's, um, piece, who's a super talented guy, super talented right. director, and at a Q and A, she was, you know, asked the difference between the two and she was like well one was like a bunch of comedians like joking around and then the other (laughs) one i was like in the desert like covered in blood like it was it was awful so i was happy that i think she had a very positive experience on both but i think ours was probably more fun so are you girls students no uh we're not we are in a band Mm. oh fun a rock and roll group (laughs) What is it that you look for in a project? What's something that needs to stand out for you to want to hop on board something? I think, well, especially writing-wise, you know, in order to write something, you have to be pretty interested in, in the topic. I'm interested in a lot of different things. I definitely, I like female characters and strong female characters and interesting female characters. But that's not to say I only want to work on things that have female leads, you know, I, interested in, in all kinds of things. I mean, that seems like a fair pursuit, though. I mean, considering how underrepresented female characters are in general. True. Um, yeah, totally. And and just to, you know, if, if it's not necessarily the female lead, to make the female characters fully fleshed out people and not, you know, uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girls or right, right. in the indie worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think things are getting better, and there's definitely a lot more female filmmakers and female writers. So... That's definitely helping a lot, but but there's a sort of blueprint to like what like indie comedies are, and I, I think that's finally changing. But I don't have any interest in working on <laughs> things that are sexist or or just bad. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, through stand up and stuff, you get asked to to work on different projects that are that are just really bad that I'm not interested in. But I'm trying to get several things made right now so it's more like hmm. you know i want I, I want people to to make this stuff you know it's not like i can be super picky about what i'm working on do you have any inclination to want to do more horror because, because horror when it's done well and you know to be fair there's a lot of bad horror films that that are made constantly but when it's done well i feel like they're champions or they can be for strong female leads. The most obvious trope is is the final girl, and they were doing that, I think, well before a lot of like mainstream movies were doing it. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, something else that's really cool about horror too is, I mean, and, and Southbound is like the perfect example of that. Like, you don't have to cast stars. Even with pretty small budget indie movies, they want to get somebody like pretty big to be the lead, or you know, and like look at the numbers, like, you know, and what, what these people bring to, like, an international market. And in horror movies, you don't have to really worry about that. You can just cast friends. And and I feel like I I really like, um, like, casting people. I really like, like, kind of imagining, like, 
who do I know that would be really good as this, you know, in this role? And mm-hmm. for, you know, most films, even, even low budget, unless it's like micro budget and you're, you know, sh- shooting it yourself, you really can't do that. Um, so I, I really like that about horror. And yeah, I mean, I definitely like to do more horror stuff and, and, and probably yeah. will, but also I think it's something that people can really easily get boxed into. And I, I don't want to be a horror person. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's great. But I think, putting out like only and not that that horror is negative but it i don't know like i like putting but out it can easily are, be yeah it can be yeah and i you know like to put out things that are that are kind of positive and 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 make people feel good and and horror can certainly do that but i don't know if i watch horror movies like every day for a month i get really depressed mm-hmm. um <laughs> so i feel like if i was living in that world for too long um, creating it, I would probably become really depressed. That's, <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that's totally fair. I definitely get that. Um, <laughs> I mean, whenever I meet people that make horror, the, when they're really, like, nice, cool people, I'm kind of surprised. Because I think I had the preconceived notion that, like, horror people were sad or angry, <laughs> like, people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and of course that's not true. But actually, I think the next thing that I have coming out is, is kind of horror, is that, a, a TV project um, that that my friend Dana, um, a show that he created uh, mm-hmm. for IFC, and it's 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 a you know horror comedy. But so so yeah, I mean I guess I've already done mm-hmm. some some more horror stuff. But again, this is way more you know comedy than than horror. I interviewed Andy Palmer a while ago, and he mentioned that uh, he feels like you can do horror comedy. But it's got to be more one than the other. So you're either leaning more on the horror, you're leaning more on the comedy element. I feel like that's that's definitely a true statement. So you're you're saying that your piece, your next one, is is more of the uh, the comedic thing with some horror elements to it. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, I would say so that it's more uh, a comedic thing with horror elements. But I think we really tried to not make the and I, you know, I just, I, I wrote one episode, um, and it's, you know, um, a bunch of really talented people, um, wrote other episodes. So, mm-hmm. and I haven't, you know, I, I, I've seen like the outline of the season and stuff, but I don't know how the whole thing reads, but judging on like the pilot and knowing the characters and stuff, like it was a real goal of, of Dana's and of everyone that worked on it to, and this show's called Stan Against Evil, by the way, and it, it okay. just started production actually listeners stand against evil premiered this week on ifc it should be really fun um but i think tried to make the horror elements actually scary and actually um i know like greg nicotero who is a who's like the main mm-hmm. um designer for walking dead and has directed a bunch of walking dead um he he's been like generous enough to to actually work on some of the, the design oh, wow. i think he's directing a couple episodes so that's so huge. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's awesome. So so it's, like, very legit. The scary stuff and, like, the gore and stuff is very, like, legit looking, at mm. least, you know? And and I think plays, you know, sort of seriously, but it's also a very, very silly um, scenario. And I don't know. I think it'll be, uh, it'll be really cool. Are you working on anything else? You mentioned you had a few things you were trying to get going, right? Yeah, just basically waiting to see if stuff will get made. There's two scripts that are sort of out right now that that i'd really like to get <laughs> like reaction uh-huh. th- this year if that's realistic i don't know you know 
I just had a, a baby um, right. like two months ago. So. I think I can hear him in the, the background from time yeah. to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's pretty cute. Um, uh-huh. So he's, you know, obviously, like, that's taken up most of my time. But I'll probably start writing something else soon. If you're in writing mode, what does a day for you, how does that look? It depends. I... I usually write pretty quickly. Once I have an idea of something, then just sitting down and and getting it all out kind of all at once um, or in big chunks of time. Um, so that could be like, you know, sitting at a computer for like eight hours um, and writing, you know, two acts or something. I, I, I definitely, I, I don't have the discipline to sit down and write every day like a lot of people do. Mm. Um I think a lot of my time is spent sort of thinking about characters and even, like, having conversations, like, in my head as these people and stuff like that. Things that won't necessarily make it to the page, but just, like, what if they were in this situation? Just to feel like I, I know the characters and I know, like, what they would say. But, um, but yeah, like, if I have to have something, like, a deadline, then that day is probably spent <laughs> being super stressed out and, uh-huh. uh, um you know, pacing around and being like, ah, fuck a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. but, but generally, you know, write pretty quickly and, um, and then spend a lot of time, like, seem like looking like I'm doing nothing, but, but thinking about the story. I guess that, that look of you're not doing anything is important because being still and letting your thoughts run is, uh, maybe not as valued by people who don't write. Like they don't understand how necessary, that internal dialogue has to be before you can get anything on a page. Yeah. And even, I mean, like actually meditating, I think is really important for writing um, that I feel like so pretentious saying that, but, um, no, not at all. but just sort of, you know, allowing things to, to kind of organically like fall into your head, I think is, is really important. And that's why, I mean, it's writing such a weird thing because, you know, I, I don't understand people who, who are super prolific, who can just like sit down and, and, and write every single day and has something. I mean, I think about like, like freaks of nature, like someone like Stephen King or something Mm -hmm. who just like, like, how does that happen? I think he says he sits down every day at like seven in the morning and then writes until noon and then goes out shopping or whatever and gets lunch. Yeah. Which that doesn't seem like that arduous, you know, really. I mean, that's like way less work than most jobs. Sure. But, but expecting that, that inspiration to be present and available, you know, for you to draw off of from that window of time. I mean, like I, I could spend all day trying to figure out, you know, how to get through the next scene or, or the next, you know, the next beat. And for people that could turn it on like a, like a faucet. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. It feels like a freaking nature to me. Yeah. It's weird, I guess. And everyone's process is sort of different. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when people are like, this is what you got to do, this, you know, this is how it's done. I mean, that maybe for some people, that's how it's done, but certainly not for everybody. Do you have a strategy that you like to use when you are stuck and you've got writer's block? Is there anything that you do? Just thinking about, I mean, I think I think about the characters more than the situations that they're in and like how they would react to it. Like, I like thinking about the the characters more than than the scenarios, I guess. Thinking about like them in, in other situations or, you know, how they would react to this and just like trying to really have the character, um, in my mind as 
fleshed out as possible. Um, so I feel like I really know them. And then it makes it a lot easier to be like, well, they'd say this. And then they said this, so, so this character says this, and then this happens because, you know, that's what would happen in that situation. You know, that, that right. makes it a lot easier than writing a lot of action. I think I, I, I definitely am, am a lot better at writing dialogue than I am writing action. Writing action is a lot more challenging to me. So I always come from a place of, like, what are, what are these characters doing to move the story forward as opposed to, like, what, you know, what in this world is moving the story forward. You know what that noise means. It's time for the lightning round. There are no wrong answers, just uh, whatever, whatever comes to the top of your head, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, number one, what is your favorite film? Okay, I like uh, Caddyshack, uh, Clockwork Orange, <laughs> The Exorcist, uh, 2001. Uh, choose a Starfleet captain. I don't know what that is. Okay, yeah. next one. <laughs> clowns or spiders? Which one's a bigger oh. nope? Oh, God. Uh, uh, clowns. Okay, uh, you can have any superpower except flight or invisibility. What would it be? Uh, time travel. Oh, wow, that's good. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted now. Uh, what would you rather endure? Uh, two minutes of nails on a chalkboard or an entire afternoon of bad Wi-Fi? Uh, bad Wi-Fi. Uh, what do you think Bill Murray said at the end of Lost in Translation? Uh, this is an overrated movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you understand the ending of Lost? Should I start watching it? I'm not done with Mad Men yet. Uh, I actually just started watching Lost, so I don't know what happens at the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is your proudest accomplishment this afternoon? This afternoon? Uh, doing this podcast. Oh, wow, that's so sweet. I made a cameo in my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to know more about you, where where should they turn to? Do you have a, do you have a site? Do you have some social media that uh, we should bring up? I have a website, mm-hmm. but... That was sort of created for comedy, and I don't update it very much. And when I do update it, I just do really weird, like, Photoshop blogs. <laughs> so, yeah, I do, like, bad Photoshop blogs, and those are on my website. And my website is thatsusanburke.com. And there's some information about me as, like, a writer and a, a comic, and there's, you know, like, there's short films and stuff on there. And then also, like, I'm on Twitter is that Susan Burke people can follow me on there but again it's like that's mostly jokes and like political stuff you know and and not really writer heavy it's writing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very short format writing well the the first thing i'm going to do is look at one of these photo blogs uh, oh, i can't wait okay great yeah there's the first one i done in like a year um i did a few weeks ago and oh, it's okay. a, it's a game of thrones one oh, i'm a really okay. big game of thrones fan Susan, thank you so much for talking. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me some of your time. Oh, thank you for having me. It was really fun. That was Susan Burke, writer, comedian, actress, and one of the filmmakers behind this year's horror anthology, Southbound. Next time, I'll be speaking to an extraordinary group of directors. They also worked on Southbound with Susan, and prior to that, had one of the most memorable segments from the 2012 film, VHS. I'm of course talking about the filmmaking team, Radio Silence. We'll talk about how they went from making YouTube choose-your-own-adventure comedy shorts to horror, and what it's like going from a micro-budget short right into a major feature film for Fox. 
At the Point of a Knife was created and hosted by me, Eric Navaretti, and produced by Renee Amador. Logo and title designed by Jonathan B. Perez. For more of his work, check out jonathanbperez.com. At the Point of a Knife is an Automaton Creative production. For more of our work, visit our new site, automatoncreative.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And help more people find the show by leaving a review. I forgot, well, my, I don't know, another favorite movie of mine is a, is a Harry and Tonto. Um, that's a really good movie. I'd like to say that because I think the movies I mentioned are all really negative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Harry and Tonto is a, I guess, sad, positive movie about an old man and a cat that, that everyone should watch.